You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. So on this day in Packers history, this is one year ago, I'm starting the process of looking at the Falcons. Now, obviously, there's a lot of other stuff going on, so I'm talking about the draft because I really care about that at this point. Um, you know, talking about relationships and McCarthy being gone. So it's not just kind of like what I did today, kind of breaking down the Redskins. It's like that, but it's it's a lot of other stuff that's involved in that. And again, it's it's just it's fun because it's it kind of a bring you back kind of thing. So anyways, that that's about it, I, you know. As far as preliminaries, once again, if you could give me that iTunes review. If you haven't yet, a five-star iTunes review to get us up to 300. That would be a very, very cool mile marker. Be sure to get in the Facebook group and share that pinned post. Um, I'll be selecting somebody from the group of people that share to win a free t-shirt. I'm not entirely sure how long I want to run it. I have an idea in my head of 100 shares, which kind of seems like a lot. But, I mean, if, if 50 people share it two times out of 580-some people in the group, I feel like I'm not being that greedy. But, anyways, so let's take a quick break. And this is a, a the first look at the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, by the way, we end up winning this game, beating the Falcons on December 9th, but this is December 7th, 2018. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. So today we're going to be talking about the Atlanta Falcons because as much as this is a weird kind of year, we're still going to be looking at upcoming opponents and game plan and all that kind of good stuff. Not getting too carried away with this season's over thing. The team still exists. There's still stuff going on. So let's talk about that stuff. Before we dive in, patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy if you'd like to support the podcast. Packernet.com for all your news, notes, and information. NFLbigboard.com for all your draft. Um, why, th- This has been how long now? I can't come up with a word there. For all your draft, I don't want to say needs. There's a word. It's just There's just one. And I don't know what it is. You know what? I just figured out what it was, but I'm not going to say it because it doesn't really even fit in this context. But that's going to be a problem for a long time because that word is just going to be stuck right in my eye. If you're interested in the draft, 
as many of you should be by now, I would encourage you to head over to NFL uh, Big Board. Doc. I forgot my own websites. This is going to be a fun one. NFLBigBoard.com. I just got up a, uh, a mock draft. Haven't done one in a while, but uh, it's my 2.0. I got it out just in time before the Jacksonville Jaguars because as soon as a game happens, that's why mock drafts are so hard to do. If you're going to do one, you got to do it in that window between Monday night football and Thursday night football, and you got to get it done quick. Did mine in a day, but it just, you know, if you really want to put a lot of work into it and explain stuff, it just, just there's no time. Otherwise, just go check out that beautiful, beautiful board, man. Otherwise, Facebook group, be sure to get in there. There's still a CBS Pick'em Pool, which I continually forget about. It's free. Link's in the description. But anyways, um, so Thursday Night Football was a nightmare. So very glad I'm not a Jaguars fan, because that was beyond embarrassing. I mean, I, I, I didn't even watch all of it, because I sleep a lot. Well, that's not true, but I need some sleep. But I did get to see the touchdown, and I saw that he did it a second time, and I heard a lot of things about how the Jaguars were acting, and absolute embarrassment. It is nice, because I was a big Derrick Henry fan coming out of uh, college. I'm not going to do the whole I told you so routine like the Derrick Henry apologists have been doing all over Twitter, because I've already conceded that I was wrong about him. But that was back in the day when I loved running backs and inside linebackers in college, and my favorite running backs were the Eddie Lacy Alabama Bruisers, and my favorite linebackers are, you know, the guys that uh, just absolutely clean everybody's clock, because I didn't realize it wasn't 1984 anymore. You, got, you know, you learn stuff. I'm still having a hard time. The, the running backs, I'm, I'm coming around, you know, quite a bit, but the linebacker thing, I mean, I get it. If you're fast, that's cool, but if you're not going to hurt somebody, I just don't like you. Like, if you if you go to tackle somebody and they continually throw you backwards, that's why I will never like Roquan. I don't care if he ends up being one of the greatest of all time. I will never concede that I like Roquan. I'm watching highlight reels of quarterbacks blowing him straight back. Tight ends just throwing him right on his head. I mean, I, yeah, he's fast, cool, he takes good angles, great. I will never like Roquan Smith. And I'm very glad the Bears got him. Not, you know, not glad that they got a quality player. I'm just glad that I don't have to root for him. And I'm glad that I get to make fun of a bear continually. And I hope that there's highlight reels of him doing that in the NFL. Getting pushed around like a small child. I just can't do it, man. But anyways, Jaguars lost because they're garbage. And it was such an ugly loss. It's going to be tough. However, they do have some pretty easy games coming up. They got the Redskins. Can you pull it together for the Redskins? How about the Dolphins? Can you do the Dolphins? After that is the Texans. You're probably not going to beat the Texans. But I, you know... Just give me one, man. I just need one, Jaguars. You beat the Colts. I would say that was one of the more difficult games you have down the stretch. Should be able to beat one of these teams. Let's go now. Come on. I don't want the week to go this way. Last week was great. Everything went perfect. As far as the draft is concerned, pretty much everything that needed to happen happened. I don't need a full reversal this week. But anyways, as we jump in, before we do, I want to talk briefly about the injuries as they stand right now. Because for the Packers, it's just a little bit ridiculous. Obviously, you know Kevin King and Trey Carson were put on IR. But uh, I'll just go through the injury report here. David Bakhtiari seems to be doing fine. Byron Bell, he was out Wednesday. He's still out. Hunter Bradley, our long snapper, was fine on Wednesday, but now he's out. I shouldn't say out. Out gives a connotation he's not playing. He, he did not practice. He was out of practice is all I mean by that. Bashad Breland and Kentrell Bryce have been limited all week. Brian Balaga has not practiced all week. I mean, the Hunter Bradley thing is pretty bad not having a long snapper. 
David Bakhtiari being banged up is not great. Brian Balaga not playing, that's real bad. Randall Cobb has been limited. What up? Ugh. Sorry, man. Sometimes I'm just tired and I don't feel like dancing. I'm sorry. I'm not in the mood. This coffee has not hit me. I had a real hard time getting up. And if DJ Galaxy gives us a double, I'm just going to punch him right in his face. Because just homie don't play that today. Sorry, kids. Not today. Jimmy Graham, I mean, you know, he's always kind of banged up. He went from do, did not practice to limited. He'll be fine because he's Jimmy Graham and he's always fine and he's probably not going to play well. Raven Green has not practiced all week. Um, Clay Matthews is limited. Rodgers and St. Brown are full participation. Lane Taylor is limited. So our big boys are pretty banged up. David Bakhtiari is going to play unless there's something else that happens, but our long snapper is currently down. Our uh, right tackle is currently not going. Byron Bell, who is our current guard, is not practicing, and Lane Taylor is limited. So that's problematic. And to be completely honest, I, I still think the Packers are the better team. It's really hard to say what's going to happen. I mean, I, on one hand, I look at it and I say, okay, we just lost to the Cardinals. And I know that's not a representation of how good or bad this team is because that was a uniquely horrible game. However, there's so many crazy factors right now, like losing your head coach, that really, in my mind, that all leads to you being a worse team. But really, it just comes down to how well these guys play. Again, preparation is not going to be as on point as it usually is. We don't have some of the coaches that did a lot of that work. The coach, the head coach and the associate head coach are gone. The offense in particular is going to suffer. Because if you think about it, the head coach, who does a lot of stuff with the offense and with Rodgers and all that stuff, has duties for the whole team, as does the associate head coach. Suddenly, the offensive coordinator is no longer the offensive coordinator and has head coaching duties. So who has strictly offensive duties? Well, as he said, you just spread all that around everywhere. So everybody's overwhelmed and has more stuff to do, which means less time dedicated to just doing exactly what it is you're supposed to be doing. Then you add on top of that all the injuries. It just seems like, how could we possibly play better than we did against the Cardinals? It seems impossible. But I'm torn because it's still the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. And, you, you, I mean, you know the names. And the Falcons are trash, and it's at home, and it's December. Eh. And I, I'm, I'm really not going to jump on the, maybe now that Philbin's the coach, things are really going to cut loose. Yeah, I don't know, maybe. Maybe if Philbin just says, Rodgers, you're calling the whole game, I don't even care. Best of luck to you. Maybe something happens. I think Aaron Jones will have zero carries in the game. But, uh, you know, who knows? But I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm legitimately torn because I, I don't think, I don't know the Falcons anymore, and I don't know the Packers anymore, and I know the Packers even less. I mean, once I saw that Cardinals game, I, I don't know this team at all. Now we just fired all these people, and there's a new energy, and I don't know the energy because we haven't seen the energy. Is it positive? I doubt it. Is it negative? Probably. How bad? Who, who's going to rise up? Who's going to fall off? To what degree? And then you got to factor in the Falcons. How bad are they going to be? Are they going to let us win this or, or lose this game? Maybe they're going to be even worse, which is shocking to me because the Atlanta Falcons have done nothing but kick us in the teeth for several years now. Julio Jones going for 70 billion yards a game, and this is a prime opportunity to go up against the Packers and absolutely embarrass us, and they can't get their stuff together. Speaking of, 
their current injuries at this point in time. Julio Jones has not practiced all week. He has some kind of a foot injury. Um, I mean, obviously, that's a, a massive, that's huge. Right? I mean, if Julio Jones is in the game, it's like, how could they possibly not win the game? I mean, Julio Jones is a Kevin King guy, right? I mean, I love Jair, but it's like, what are you going to do? <laughs> He's going to throw it 10 feet in the air, and Julio's going to go get it, and what's Jair going to do, climb him? Also, tight end Logan Paulson did not practice and has not practiced, and tackle Ryan Schrader has not practiced all week. Rookie Calvin Ridley is limited, and defensive tackle Grady Jarrett is limited. So they don't have as many injuries, but they're very big names. I mean, Julio Jones and Grady Jarrett are, are literally the best two people on this team. Grady Jarrett is the best defensive player they have. Julio Jones is the best offensive player they have. Schrader isn't elite, but he is their right tackle, and he's not that bad. That's a big deal. Calvin Ridley being out, you know, again, similar to Schrader, he hasn't been elite, but he's a very talented wide receiver. If he and Julio are out, what do they have to play with? So, in other words, my my mind is just blown at the fact that I'm trying to figure out which team is going to be worse on Sunday between the Green Bay Packers and the Atlanta Falcons. What kind of a time warp freak show universe do we live in right now? But anyways, uh, currently the uh, Pro Football Focus does have the Packers graded as a higher team. I don't know why they haven't completely fallen out. I'm guessing because of what they graded out earlier in the season, which is where um, Football Outsiders, where they grade toward the end of the season a little more heavily, is probably starting to look a little better at this point in time. Right, Early in the season, Pro Football Focus probably makes a little more sense because they Football Outsiders is actually weighing preseason because it's mostly just looking at stats. They're not grading individual players. So, anyways, that would be the difference. Not surprisingly, the Falcons' offense is better than the defense, but it's not that big of a difference. Using my own PFF vernacular, their offense in general is good, with the exception of their ability to run the ball. Um, their run grade is bad, and their run blocking grade is, is you know slightly above average. The defense as a whole is just average. Tackling grade is very bad. Everything else is just kind of average across the board. Run defense, pass rush, coverage, everything. The one thing they really do have going in their favor is special teams. They're currently graded fourth. Packers, shockingly, are graded 30th. I know. I know. Blew my mind, too. I'm thinking, hey, Packers and, uh, you know, the whole kicking thing and catching kick thing and uh, tackling people that catch the kick thing and... You know, not getting penalized anytime somebody touches a ball thing. I really thought we would have been uh, pretty good in that category, but turns out... No, in all seriousness, though, how bad are the Steelers and Browns that they're worse than us? That's pathetic. Granted, they're barely worse than us. There's, there's, there's three teams that stand out as being horrible. It's the Packers, Steelers, and Browns, and they're clumped very closely together. Probably J.K. Scott that's, that's keeping us from being the worst ever. Imagine if we still had Justin Vogel, we would be easily 32nd. No disrespect to Mr. Vogel, but JK is better. So I think the big story here with the Falcons is actually very similar to the Packers, especially when you look on the offense. This entire team is is basically a quarterback who's pretty good, a number one wide receiver who's pretty good, and then a pretty good left tackle in Jake Matthews. So it's it's Jake Matthews who's protecting Matt Ryan, who's throwing to Julio Jones, and that's the whole offense. Sound familiar, Packer fans? How about David Bakhtiari protecting Aaron Rodgers, throwing to Julio Jones? Does that sound familiar? 
stuck with old man who doesn't have it anymore, Mohamed Sanu, and the other wide receiver is a rookie. Sound familiar, Packers fans? Randall Cobb and MVS and EQ, but, you know, whatever. They have three tight ends on the team. None of them are any good. Austin Hooper, Logan Paulson, Eric Saubert. Sound familiar? The next best player on their offense is their center, after Jake Matthews. Sound familiar? Their left guard, Schweitzer, is somewhat serviceable, but their right guard is an absolute joke. Their right tackle isn't super great, especially this year, but he's banged up, he's getting old, and he's been good in the past. These two teams are the exact same team. That's Brian Balaga. Schrader's hurt. He's having a very bad year. Not, not, I mean, not even bad. Bad for him. It's pretty mediocre. But he was, he's, he's had really good years in the past. This offensive line is the Packers' offensive line. It's just not quite as good. Look at their defense. Their, outside, their, their edge rushers are a joke. Beasley and uh, Bruce Irvin are horrible. Takaris McKinley, terrible. Brooks Reed, old dude who just doesn't have it anymore, real bad. What do they have along the front? They've got Crawford, who's pretty mediocre, similar to Dean Lowry, maybe. And then you have Grady Jarrett, who's just a freak. Sound familiar? So basically their entire defensive front is one really good defensive tackle. And then they've got some other defensive linemen, you know, that are okay, but usually not very good. That's exactly the Packers. And they have nobody off the edge. Linebackers. They got one that's pretty good and everybody else is a joke. Blake Martinez, anybody? Oren Burks, anybody? Morrison, anybody? Exact same team. Now, Deion Jones is better than Blake Martinez. Let's just be clear about that. But to be completely honest, I think we've got him beat in a couple categories. So Deion Jones is better than Blake Martinez. Grady Jarrett, that's pretty close with Kenny Clark. Julio Jones is clearly better than Devontae. Sorry, Devontae fans. I know he says he's the greatest, and Packer fans say that, you know, whatever. I mean, look, Devontae just eats him alive if we're talking in the red zone. I'll give him that. But, I mean, whatever. However, you know, our left tackle is better than your left tackle. Our center is better than your center. So, Oh, and by the way, our running back, much better than your running backs. I think losing Devontae Freeman to IR has really hurt this team because Tevin Coleman, who's usually a pretty decent running back, um, he just can't get it going. He's more of the third down receiving back. So Ido Smith has had to come in. He's not very good. So this is not the typical backfield for the uh, Atlanta Falcons and not having a run game is not helping and not having any wide receivers outside of Julio Jones is not helping and not having a, a stout offensive line like they've had in the past is not helping. So the offense is very similar except they have a slightly better wide receiver who might not be playing but uh, a running back that isn't quite as good. Defensively as similar as we are um, they've got a better safety situation. Demonte Kazee, um, he's a second-year guy, free safety. He's having a real good year. That said, their corners are complete trash. Now, if you want to lose in the NFL, basically have the same situation the Packers have on offense and then have no corners. In other words, if you want to know how bad this team is, they have the 2018 Green Bay Packers offense and the 2016 Green Bay Packers defense. They've got Blake Martinez... Kenny Clark, eh, maybe I'll say 2017, because these guys are at least as good as rookie Kevin King, who was not very good. But they don't have any good corners. 2018 Packers offense, 2017 Packers defense is what this team has. 
Trufant, who's typically a good corner, is having a really, really bad year. Uh, you got Poole, who's playing in the slot. He's just been getting worse every year. It's just, This is, you know, I, I talk about the Bears, and I, it, it's kind of interesting because I feel like this is a good way to gauge coaching, right? You look at Vic Fangio and what he's done with that defense, and he's made all the players better. That's sort of a big deal. I, I know there's a lot of different categories, but your ability to make players get better really important. I've just looked at two cornerbacks, and both of them have gotten worse just about every year. Brian Poole has been in the league three years, and every year he has regressed. That's ridiculous. I don't know if that's the head coach, the defensive coordinator, the cornerbacks coach. I don't know what's going on, but they're failing him. And it's bad enough to have to try to stay ahead of the Joneses in the draft and draft talent, but if you draft talent and they come out and they're pretty decent and they regress every year, you will never be a good team. Desmond Trufant was a freak in his rookie year. He was very, very good in his second year. He regressed a little bit, but basically the exact same. Then he took a big hit in 2015. He dropped off. Still good. He was good in 2015, good in 2016. He regressed again for the fourth straight year. 2017, a slight bump up, and then 2016 completely dropped off. Desmond Trufant has gotten worse just about every single year. That's terrible. Robert Alford has never been good, so I, I got nothing. That's our other cornerback right now. He was decent enough in 2017, um, but other than that, he's just been pretty terrible. So this, this is what we have to deal with on Sunday, and I, I just I have no idea what to expect. If Julio Jones doesn't play, I don't know how their offense is going to go. Sanu can't do anything. Calvin Ridley, I mean, he'll, he'll catch a couple. Jair is probably going to do a really good job of locking him down, though. They're, they're both rookies. They're both pretty similar uh, style guys, Ridley, very fast kind of guy. Pretty similar to what I said about Christian Kirk, although I think Calvin Ridley is quite a bit better, and I kind of wanted him to be a Packer because that would have been awesome. But whatever. I mean, this we have a hard time stopping the run. Okay, Edo Smith and this offensive line is going to be able to run? Maybe a little bit, but that's not how you win games anyways. you got to go through the air at some point. With who? Your tight ends are garbage. Ridley is just mediocre. Sanu is mediocre. Next man up is Justin Hardy or Marvin Hall, one of those two guys. They're real bad. And defensively, you look at it and go, well, we've, so they can't go, but we can kind of get moving here because we've got, uh, you know, Devontae Adams going up against this cornerback group. And that's true. We have Devontae Adams, and that's awesome. But you know what they're going to do, right? They're just going to double up Devontae Adams. They're, they're going to take away Devontae Adams. I don't care how bad you are. You can double a player up and take him away, and then what? So they got Alford, who's their worst corner, and then let's say, I don't know, either Jones, their linebacker, or Kazee is going to help the double team. Then we got Randall Cobb going up against Poole, who Poole is not that great, but he's not going to be any worse than Randall Cobb. And if it's Marquez in the slot, that's the same situation. Poole's good enough to take on Marquez. On the other side, what do we got? We got Marquez and EQ going up against Trufant. Trufant has not been great. He's definitely good enough to take on St. Brown and Marquez. Jimmy Graham? Don't think so. Not with Deion Jones roving around. And by the way, he just got back, so their defense is going to take a big step up. I think he's only played one game this, well, he's returned one game. I don't know exactly when he went out. But this is a real talented dude. He's better in coverage than he is against the run, but he's got no problems in the run game either. So, okay, Devontae Adams, who Rodgers is going to try to force it to, is getting doubled up. We don't really have anybody else that can do very much. Grady Jarrett, who's an absolute monster, is lined up against either Bell or McCray, so that's horrible. 
we could maybe try to run it, but again, Grady Jarrett and Deion Jones are not going to make that super easy, especially when we don't have an offensive line. So what do we do to move the football? It's so weird because Packers-Falcons should be a classic, you know, 35 to 33 football game or something. I'm really struggling to figure out how anybody's going to score points in this game. And that's, that's conceding the fact that both defenses are not good. I'm just looking at it going, oh, this guy's going to get this or that or whatever. I just don't know. And it could absolutely go in the other direction, too, where it's just both teams are getting lit up. Depends how bad the defenses are. If Devontae's just carving this team up, what are you going to do? If Marquez or St. Brown or Cobb or whatever can just get the better of whoever they're lined up against, especially if you're trying to double Adams, those are the... And see, if I may, if you don't mind, on my podcast, thank you very much, I'm going to digress a bit. I don't know why I yelled at you. (laughs) I just asked your permission, and then I got offended by that. How dare me ask you for my permission on my podcast? But this is a big problem. And it's also something that we can look forward to in the future because one of the biggest issues we have right now is that we have Devontae, and that's pretty much it. I know Marquez has shown flashes, and that's cool. And I know St. Brown has a lot of talent, and I think he's open a decent amount. I mean, these guys are pretty slick and fast and tall and all that kind of stuff. We'll see. But we don't have a real number two, and, and, and regardless of whether or not it's Rodgers' fault, this, that, or the other, there's no chemistry anywhere else outside of Rodgers and Adams. And even that isn't, isn't the same as it has been with so many other receivers. I mean, obviously you can point to Jordy. You could also point to Cobb in the past. I mean, just, just go through the whole litany. Rodgers has had not just talent, but trust. And I think Adams is kind of further down the list as far as... Now, he's, he's building it. I shouldn't say trust. He trusts Adams implicitly. I mean, it's ridiculous. Probably a little too much. But the chemistry, I think, is maybe what I'm looking for. I don't think there's quite as much chemistry. I think Jordy and Rodgers had probably the most beautiful form of chemistry I've ever seen. Maybe it was only like a one or two year stretch. But I don't know if you remember those when they just took over the league with the back shoulder throws. That was freakish. That was scary. That was Rodgers just throwing in a direction and... I don't know, Jordy turns around and catches it just as the ball's getting there with two feet just in bounds because he he also threw it back shoulder out of bounds because, you know, why not? It's going to work because chemistry is ridiculous. But what the Packers need is another threat so that they can say, fine, if you want to double Adams, go ahead and do it. It's not going to work to your benefit. Now, one of the guys that I've been slowly coming around to, and there's several really good uh, wide receivers. I know a lot of guys like Hollywood Brown, Marquise Brown. I don't exactly know why. Not not to dog the guy, but it's just one of those things where, you know, Twitter says something about a guy, and then everybody sees highlights of that guy because somebody showed them highlights, which, by the way, you can get excited about anybody watching their highlights, but whatever. And then Twitter just goes nuts, and everybody wants Hollywood Brown. Go watch A.J. Brown. He's basically Hollywood Brown. He's just better. But anyways, one of the guys that I really like is J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. Um, first first and foremost, I started liking the guy before I ever watched him when I first heard his name because it makes me think of Sega, Sega Genesis. I, uh, I don't look forward to having to uh, say or type out his name ever. Just call him J.J., I guess. But one thing I like about him, he's a Stanford guy, and he's very intelligent. Now, part of the problem we've got with Scantling and St. Brown, I think, is that they're not quite doing the right things at the right time. So perhaps we look for somebody with a little bit more intelligence. I know I'm going sidetracked here, but I'm just thinking out loud. I told you, segue. Didn't expect to take it here, but we are. Beyond that, he kind of reminds me of Jordy a little bit. He's a real big dude, and he's got that deep speed. 
Now, one of the things that I've been thinking, you know, it makes sense that we get like a slot guy that can kind of work the middle of the field and all that. I don't know. Man, I'm really, really, really torn on this because I genuinely don't know what's going on with Rodgers. For example, let's say Josh McDaniels came over here and he said, we're going to run the Patriots offense. In other words, Rodgers, your job is to dink and dunk all the way down the field and then, you know, occasionally light it up down the field. I think that's the right thing to do. I don't know if Rodgers will do that. He's been taking shots down the field all year unsuccessfully, and then every time he goes into a press conference, he's like, you know what we're missing, man? The deep throws. We just we're not, we need more. We just need more. It's like, you need to, you need to relax. You are out of control, sir. I don't know what it is at this point in his career. It's like he just lives for highlight reels. That's all he wants. Like, how about you just focus on winning? Like, just throw it four yards down the field. Let that guy get another four yards, and now it's second and two. Like, you just need to calm down. But that's a serious question. Because if he's willing to do it, fine, forget J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. Go get Marquise Brown or A.J. Brown or some other kind of possession receiver, and let's kind of work our way down the field. Not that J.J. is just a deep threat or whatever. He's just a gigantic human being that could probably go between the tackles, or between the tackles, listen to me. But, what, but, but I mean, that's, that's seriously a question of mine. And if he's not willing to do it, fine. Let's try to recreate the 2011 Packers, I guess. Let's get him a new Jordy Nelson and a, and a new James Jones and a new Greg Jennings. And we'll get a Donald Driver mixed in there somewhere. You know, we'll, at some point we'll worry about the slot guy just in case. But let's just get him the deep guys. And then we'll just throw it deep all day long. We'll build up the offensive line. Aaron Jones will carve him up up the middle. We'll just develop play action and we'll just kill everybody deep. So we're either running it or throwing it 30 yards. One of those two things is what we're doing all day long. And then the question is, what coach do we want for that? I don't want Josh McDaniels because they're just instantly going to hate each other because McDaniels is like, look, dude, here's how you win football games. You got to play smart, not play highlight reel Madden football. And Rodgers is going to say, you know what? Why don't you get out of my face? And then within four seconds, they hate each other and we're right back to ground square one, but it's even worse because at least McCarthy's just kind of like, I don't like this, and I kind of don't like you, but I'm just going to be hands-off and let him do what he's got to do because I don't know what else to do right now. Let's just use these two quarterbacks as a buffer so we don't have to talk to each other today. I'll call plays, he'll say no, throw it deep, and then we'll uh, punt. And that'll be our season. So I don't know. Genuinely concerned about what we do. But anyways, that's just somebody that that popped out because I, I just started thinking... Okay, let's let's say it's an intelligence thing. Who's an intelligent football player? So I'm like, all right, well, what's a good school? You know, granted, you you got the Ivy League, but that's a little crazy. So I said, well, Stanford's one of those smart people schools, right? They care a lot about academics and all that kind of stuff. You got to be very intelligent and a very good football player, right? Go watch the thing with Coach Shaw, TEDx. Uh, the the Stanford head coach did a TEDx talk. He talked about that. We want competitive people that care as much about academics and as they do about football. Because it's Stanford, high academic standards, whatever. So I looked it up. What about Stanford? And then I see JJ, and it's like, oh, yeah, duh, this guy, early second round pick. We're probably going to be picking early second round. Mm, maybe. Anyways, if you're interested in what I'm talking about, NFLBigBoard.com, he's not going to be on the main board because it only goes to 25 right now. So you either have to make it go to 50 or type in, you know, JJ or, you know, whatever. Sort by wide receiver. He's like the third, fourth one. Correction, he's the sixth. And by the way, Hollywood Brown is the seventh. I like Hollywood. I just, I just don't like, I don't know, 
It's probably since school. I never understood fads. Never. And I, they annoy me. Suddenly, everybody in the universe decides something is cool, and everybody just goes, Yeah, I like it too. It's like, no, you don't. Why are you even saying that? You just like it because somebody else likes it. I mean, I'm not trying to be mean, but you don't think that's maybe a little bit weak-minded? Like, you don't, you don't have any pride whatsoever to, to form your own thought? You see people running in a direction, and you're just like, Ooh, I don't want to be by myself. I'm just going to run that way. What? Why? Where are you going? Come here. Come back here. Stand where you wanted, you wanted to stand there. Stand there. No, no, I want to run. No, you don't. No, you don't want to run. I know you don't want to run. You were just standing here a second ago. If you wanted to run, you would have run. That's, that's, that is, that's Twitter in a nutshell. Things just snowball. And it's funny because I don't even know where these things originate from, but all of a sudden, like in a day, I see like 17 tweets from 17 different people going, you know who'd be a real good, fo- good fit? Hollywood Brown. That, that is statistically impossible that 17 people in the same day who really don't watch much college football or study film or anything decide that Hollywood Brown would be a great fit for the Packers. It started because one guy said it and 16 other people who are the run with the pack, I love fads, I just want to be with the in crowd people, say, I want to say it too so people like my tweet. I don't know. Again, I don't want to be mean, but you guys got to like, you know, dig deep, man. I know there's pride in there somewhere. Find it. It's embarrassing. And if you did come to that conclusion on your own, great. He is a good wide receiver. I'd be happy to have him. I just want you to tell me that because you came to that conclusion, not because somebody came to that conclusion for you. I'm just trying to help you, man. You can't live your life that way. Anyways, our therapy session is over. So I think a a big deciding factor for this team is going to be the injuries. Who's playing, who's not. Um, The next biggest factor is going to be the Packers and how they respond. Um, but also it's not even just how they respond. <clears throat> what, what ability did they have to prepare? What is the game plan? Who's calling plays? What is the success of that? You know, Mike McCarthy was calling the plays. Is this going to be better play calling, worse play calling? You know, the game plan going into Atlanta is clearly going to be different than it was, or would probably have been with Mike McCarthy. Um, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know. You know, dome team struggling injuries coming to Green Bay in December, it should be open and shut. I, I, I just, I have nothing. And I, I can't even go to like statistics and try to look at things and say, well, what about this or that or this? Because everything's different, especially for the Packers. I, I Again, I don't know anything about this team anymore. And I'm kind of worried about the level of play really falling off. I mean, there seems to be a lot of optimism from Packer fans about, ooh, what if things get better? I think things are about to get a lot worse. And I've been saying it for several weeks, right? The season is slowly shutting down. And we're getting to the point, we saw it last week. The players gave up last week when we still have playoff aspirations and playoff hopes when Mike McCarthy was still the head coach before everybody in the, in the room was getting fired, before there was a media circus surrounding how bad your team is. And suddenly, ooh, Joe Philbin's up there now, so now everybody's going to really perk up. No, man. Things are shutting down. Closing up shop. And it's just a matter of, what about our key guys? And I don't even know who they are really anymore. Devontae, what is his effort level? Do do we expect him to come up to 100%? The guy who had not such a great game last week, right after he decided to declare he's the number one wide receiver in the NFL, you think he's going to (laughs) want to... I mean, that blew up in his face real bad. Because it was funny, they started talking about how he never gets any recognition. And I was thinking to myself, you know how you get recognition? You talk a lot. Just, just say things. Nobody pays attention to Devontae because he's a quiet guy. 
And the media doesn't really care about him. I'm not entirely sure why, but there's just certain guys they latch on to. Julio Jones, there's the big names everybody knows. Plus, you figure Devontae is not a thousand-yard guy, typically. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, everybody just assumes wide receivers are going to be good because of Rodgers. So, you know, Adams has been overshadowed. But you can easily turn that around. You just got to start talking. You start talking, the media will start looking. So he started squawking, going up against a weak opponent, thinking he was going to have a 200-yard, four-touchdown game, and he had that game. How much talking do you think he's going to start doing now? I'm thinking he's going to be quiet the rest of the year, not just in the media. I'm thinking maybe a little bit on the field, too. Not saying he's going to be bad or completely quit, but it's just, do we really expect? I just, I don't get it. Where is the expectation coming from that guys are just going to dig deep and really go after it this year? The playoff hopes are dashed. It's over. They know it. They're not ma- There's no illusions. Packer fans are the only ones that are disillusioned here. They know they're not getting into the playoffs. They know that. They know they're not good enough to win in the playoffs. Their head coach just got fired because they are so trash. Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers, David Bakhtiari, Marquez, EQ, Randall Cobb, Balaga, Bell, Lindsley, Graham, everybody. The offense was so trash and couldn't beat the worst team in the NFL, and the head coach got fired as a result. Everybody's talking about don't don't tank, don't lose, because the morale will be down. The morale is down. It's over. They're terrible, and they know it. They listen to what people say in the media. They see what's on Twitter. Their head coach, again, just got fired. And then you got their associate head coach popping off at the mouth about you got to control 12. You need somebody to come in here and discipline this team. Right? It's kind of like going out to Thanksgiving dinner and the kids are acting a little wild and Grandpa starts piping up about how you need to, to learn how to discipline your kid. These kids need discipline. If I, if, I was, if I was their parent, I'd have my belt off right now and I'd be disciplining these kids. Right? And then it's like, well, maybe the kids will grow from that. No! Kids just got told they're horrible by their grandpa. They're too wild. The parents are upset. The parents are in a bad mood. They're mad at the kids, but they're also mad at grandpa. And grandpa's mad at everybody, and everybody's uncomfortable, and everybody's sad, and the kids are crying. And cousin Jeff ate all the mashed potatoes again. It's a horrible holiday. But we still have Packer fans saying, maybe, man, there's like a 1% chance we could sneak in. And maybe, maybe Joe Philbin's a freak and he's going to... No. Did you listen to the press conference? No, we're not going to change anything. We're not going to do anything different. I've never really done this before. I don't know what I'm doing. Nowhere can you realistically look at this team and say, oh, things are about to be good. Injuries. Right? What, what, did, what did Aaron Rodgers say? This is the time of year guys aren't doing all their preparation and sometimes you start to see the injuries flare up. What happened to the injury report? It's unbelievable how many people are hurt. Things are starting to break down mentally, emotionally, and physically. And organizationally. Right? People leave in the building. There's going to be more. Zook will be fired. Philbin will be fired. They're all getting fired. I mean, just... just I, I know we like to play around and maybe land sometimes, but it just it is what it is, man. And could we win this game? Yeah. But I don't think it's going to be because we're, uh, we're suddenly this, this great playoff contending team. The talent was never there. Now we don't have morale or a coach or much of anything. We don't even have players anymore. The players that weren't even good enough to get us into the playoffs are now all hurt or on IR or, you know, at least banged up in some capacity. Bakhtiari's got injuries. Aaron Rodgers has injuries. Jimmy Graham is injured. They're playing, but they're injured. 
I'm just trying to get you to see what it is. Could we win the game? Sure. Only if the Atlanta Falcons are just continuing to be terrible. But this season is about to go from bad to worse, and it, it, we should have all learned that last week. That was that was a, that was the that was the signal, and that, that was the point at which I, I I saw it coming. Not the loss. I absolutely didn't see that coming. But you could see, and I've been saying for how long. Listen, things are winding down. Things are not going well. The morale is already going down. Things are getting worse and worse and worse. Now we'll beat the Cardinals, but I don't know about anybody. We lost to the Cardinals. I don't know what else to say. I mean, I, we, we, we want everything to be like a, a, a Hollywood movie. Like, this is Rudy or something. The chips are down, blah, blah, blah. I don't know if that's really... Rudy is probably not the best example, but... I guess you can kind of stretch that into a, an analogy. Guy wasn't very good. He didn't get very many opportunities. But hey, his one opportunity, he made it happen, man. Kind of works. But you also had a guy that cared a lot and worked very, very hard. And um, exceeded any expectations based on his physical ability, and that is not the Packers, so. Anyways, I, I just, I, hey, all right, now we'll dance it out a little bit. That's uh, DJ Galaxy telling me to just calm down. But I, I, listen, I'm not mad. I'm not mad at all. I'm just a little, I shouldn't even say frustrated. I'm, I just, I, I see all the people on Twitter, and there, there's two kinds of people, really. There's the season is over, let's tank group. And you can break them into subsections. And then there's the other group that's like, well, maybe. They're, they're just hanging on to hope. And, I, you know, maybe I should just leave you alone. But you're just setting yourself up to get hurt, man. She's not right for you. Let it go. I get that you're happy, and maybe I should just let you be happy. But you're in for a world of hurt, my friend. 2018 Packers are only going to hurt you. Give up on these playoff hopes. Just stop it. You're being silly. Win out? Win out? Come on, man. On top of everything else having to fall into place, win out by itself is ridiculous. And again, why do you want to be in the playoffs? Why do you want to be in the playoffs? Why do you want this team in the playoffs? I know, again, a Hollywood movie. Mike McCarthy's gone. Joe Philbin comes in. Joe Philbin, who hasn't called a single offensive play in 20 years, is suddenly going to be this offensive guru that brings us back to 2011 Packers, even though we don't have any of the people available to make that happen. But it's just going to magically happen because Joe Philbin's going to be there, and I don't know what else, but it's going to be amazing, and we're going to win the Super Bowl! Nope. Nope. We're not. We're going to lose a lot of these games... We're going to miss the playoffs, and we're going to try again in 2019. The way in which we get better in the future starts by finding a good head coach. I don't have the answer, but I'm going to rest in the fact that Gutekunst and Murphy are going to figure that out. And they're also going to backfill all these other positions that are going to be getting fired. And then beyond that, it comes down to drafting better talent and developing that talent. Those are the only things that matter. A good coaching staff... Drafting talent, developing talent. I suppose free agency, right? Acquiring talent and developing talent. Let's just call it that. So there's nothing we can do to impact the, the who we get as a coach. The only thing that maybe we could do is fire McCarthy and start the search today. Maybe give us a leg up. Other than that, it just is what it is. Free agency, the only thing we can really do is try to cut everybody, maybe like Balaga, for example, and try to uh, make some cap space so that we can uh, bring on more talent. Otherwise, not a lot we can do. We can offer reasonable contracts to players that we want that we think can help us, and they can either accept it or decline it. There is, however, something we can do starting this Sunday and for the rest of the year to help us acquire talent in the draft. Anybody want to guess what it is? 
lose. Lose. And again, for those of you that hate that, understand why we want to lose. We want to lose because we want to win next year and in 2020. And getting to pick 5th in the draft compared to getting to draft 16th in the draft is a huge difference. Massive difference. I'm not going to go back down that road, but I just need you to understand that because I still see it all over Twitter. People say, I could never root against this team. You're not a real fan. Okay, man. Well, in my opinion, a fan wants to win. So I suppose we're both fans. You're just a short-sighted one, and I'm the one that wants to win a Super Bowl one of these years. But, you know, to each their own, I guess. You want to win against the Falcons because Sunday you have nothing better to do and uh, it makes you sad to lose. I want to win a Super Bowl in 2019. We got different priorities. Not a good fan, bad fan thing. It's just different kinds of fans. I want to have a successful organization for the next 4, 5, 6, 7, 20, 30, 50 years. You want to win in 2018. We're just different, man. Just different priorities. And, <laughs> and who's to say which one's more important? The future of the organization for the next five years or Sunday? I, I mean, who's to say? I mean, how do you even quantify which one's bigger or more relevant or more important? I don't even know. I would need some kind of a magic calculator to figure that one out, and it just doesn't exist. Only God knows. Yes, I'm being sarcastic, but, you know, whatever. Anyways, uh, Sunday is going to be a mess. Two very, very talented, legendary teams have sort of eroded. And I, I think that for the Falcons, the coaching is part of the problem, too, because they haven't lost quite as many people. They still have a lot of people, but the people that they have are performing less than ideally. So they need to do some stuff with their coaching as well. Um, hopefully, I mean, there's again, there's there's a lot, a lot of reasons for optimism. And I know we're all scared because there's a lot of head coaching options, and I don't think any of us really like very many of them. And we're terrified that it's going to be a nightmare. But again, this can this this can be a very, very big positive. Next year, we will have more talent. That is a fact. Next year, we will have a new voice. So if, if, if really the thing with Mike McCarthy is he's just an old... That's, that's going to be fixed. Reasons for optimism in the future. Anyways, uh, you folks enjoy your day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye. <laughs>